This is Exposing Washington with Walker Wildman, bringing clarity to Washington, D.C. news. We see corruption at every level in Washington. Exposing the deception plaguing our nation's capital. Not only what he told every Republican senator, but what he told the press over and over and over again was a simple lie. And helping Christians stay informed about government. This puts a bigger burden on voters to go figure out what's actually going on. This is Exposing Washington with Walker Wildman on American Family Radio. Will there be a blue wave on Tuesday, November 6th? Just three days from now. On Tuesday, will there be a blue wave? As many of the media talking heads are saying... We will see. I'll tell you what I think later in the show, but we'll just have to wait till Tuesday and see if there's a blue wave or maybe if there's a red wave. Who knows? Welcome to Exposing Washington on American Family Radio. Glad to be with you. Walker Wildman here is your host. I'm your host. A couple different notes before we move on into the topics of today. The first one is we're on YouTube, live streaming on YouTube. If you want to watch the show, a recording of the show is on YouTube. Just type in Exposing Washington. That's my channel on YouTube. I'm also on Facebook and Twitter. Not sure how much longer I'll be allowed to be on there. They might censor me. Uh, But I'm on Twitter and Facebook as it stands today. uh, Facebook and Twitter. Walker Wildman. Just search my name in the search bar. And lastly, you can always download the podcast at AFR.net. Or on the app, just download the Exposing Washington podcast, share it with your family uh, and friends. But before we jump into what's going on in Washington today, I want to welcome uh, someone I know very well, my brother, Wesley Wildman, to the studio. And we're going to talk about a division of the American Family Association that you might not know about. Wesley, welcome to the show. Hey, glad to be on. And so for some of y'all that didn't catch that, there was a little bit of sarcasm because he knows me quite well because I'm his bigger brother. I'm his That's older right. brother. <clears throat> a lot wiser, a lot smarter. Like, uh, you know, so yeah, I, have, I have a lot of things going for me in that area. And you should feel special because not many guests get on the show. That's right. I only have 30 minutes to, uh-huh. to give my opinion. And so you should feel special that I allowed you on. Hey, look, I feel special and I'm grateful <laughs> that... Uh, that people will finally get to know the difference between the two of us because That's I right. get confused for Walker all the time. I'm getting, I'm beginning to get a little bit bitter about this. So. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I'm, Wesley, I, yeah, Walker. Well, yeah, well, I'm Wesley. He's Walker. And for those that could see on the YouTube channel, we're grateful for Expo- Engage Magazine is grateful for exposing Washington Walker's program. He has recently, uh, in in the retooling process of Engage, to better fit the mission of AFA. Walker has uh, uh, been writing for us uh, frequently. He's actually, I uh, want to make a couple different connections before we promote the magazine, which is what we're here for. And that's that Walker was on our radio program, Share Truth, Apply Scripture. Mm-hmm. A couple weeks back, we had Walker come in and we talked about uh, God's purpose and uh, order of government, how he ordained it and he instituted it. But then we also talked a little further in as far as our role as Christian citizens, as citizens of this world what our role is in government we walked through that in a very layperson type way that was very mm-hmm. helpful and you can find that at engagemagazine.net called the purpose of government uh so that's a Amen. couple of connections there we've had walker on our program now he's returning the favor 
And I'm excited to talk about this next launch. Yeah, before we get to the magazine, which is great, and I want our listeners to order one, but tell our listeners just in 60 seconds, sure. if somebody says, well, what is Engage Magazine? I haven't heard of that. Yes, Engage Magazine is a th- is in the process. It's a three-year uh, new project that AFA launched three years ago for the purpose of reaching millennials with the gospel first, but secondarily, their biblical worldview, help training them in a biblical mm. worldview. So we do uh, quite a bit of apologetics, politics, uh, day-to-day life, because the millennial, uh, a lot of them are distracted in other areas yes. uh, than politics right now. Uh, and so we're trying to do one of two things. One, draw their attention to the importance of what's going on legislatively and an election like the midterms, mm-hmm. but also meet them where they're at. You know, there a lot of them are driving to work every day. They've got uh, they've got fresh bills to pay, things that they haven't had to do their whole life, raising kids mm-hmm. and things like that. So that's what we do at EngageMagazine.net. We provide uh, uh, new articles weekly, as well as we do like you do a 30-minute program on Saturdays, radio program and podcasts as well as all the social media platforms instagram youtube and social media and so we're just trying to connect where the millennials are help shape their worldview yeah sure and one of the ways you're doing that let's talk about this real quick if you're watching on youtube on the exposing washington youtube channel you'll see the magazine here and tell our listeners how they can get your annual magazine, which is full of great content. Hey, listen here. This magazine is fine. For those that are listening on the radio that can't see this, you need to go check this out. The front cover is amazing, and uh, it's even better content on the inside. Mm-hmm. We do an annual magazine because we understand our demographic is primarily on uh, the Internet, social right. media. But we do do at Engage Magazine an annual magazine so that people can get a tangible uh, feel for what we're doing and so that they can help us promote and carry out uh, reaching the next generation. So our 2019, yes, we're ahead of the game here mm-hmm. and we're proud of that. Our 2019, our third annual edition is being launched right now as we speak. And you can find out and you can get a free copy for yourself. Go by going to engagemagazine.net and there's a tab that says magazine. And you can right. subscribe there. It's totally free. It's us. It's a gift from us to you for coming to the website and checking us out. And we want to say for those, we got a lot of moms and a lot of people that are outside the millennial audience that are going to go check this out. Please do that mm-hmm. because we're asking you get to get this in the hands of your youth pastor, of your school leaders. Uh, you know, put it in a place where you know some high school, college students are going to pick it up and read it. Amen. Hey, sign your kid up for it. We, we've yep. had people sign their kids up. We're excited about that, but thank you for giving us time to come in here, explain about a little bit about Gage Magazine. But we're asking you, our brand new 2019 Engage Magazine edition is on now. It's available completely for free by going to EngageMagazine.net and click on the tab uh, magazine. All right, Wesley. Appreciate All right. It, hey, appreciate it. Hey, you you kick it out of the park. Now, do you have any guests coming up? Nope, you're it, brother. No guests? Oh, man. Ask, ask our producer, Brent. I, I feel plenty of the air with just me talking. Just so. content. Yep. Well, may the Lord bless your, uh, your content and your listeners that are listening, and thank you for having us on. All right, appreciate it, Wesley. So that's my brother, Wesley Wildman, who's a writer and helps uh, organize and orchestrate the Engage Magazine project. So engagemagazine.net. Click on the magazine tab at the top of the page and you can fill out your name and address and we will send you, Engage Magazine will send you a courtesy copy of the Engage Annual Magazine. So a great thing and a great way to reach the next generation with the gospel of Jesus Christ and the truth about what's going on in our culture. 
But speaking about what's going on in our culture, on Tuesday, November 6th, is the midterm elections. They're here. And I want to encourage you, you need to vote on Tuesday, November 6th. You don't just need a vote for your congressman or for your senator. You need a vote for a school. You need to vote for the school board. You need to vote for your mayor. You need to vote for your city council. You need to vote and know who you're going to vote for up and down the ballot. One of the ways that you can know who to vote for come November 6th, especially for some of these federal races, is to visit afaaction.net afaaction.net and view the voter guide. And so that's a great way to keep up with who to vote for, afaaction.net to view the voter guide. And we will also have live election coverage come November 6th, beginning at 7 p.m. Central here on American Family Radio Network. Election night coverage, 7 p.m. Central, American Family Radio Network. But into the topic of the day are the topics of the day of the week. President Trump is sending 5,200 active duty military to the southern border. Can I get an amen? Can I get an amen? This is excellent news. We talked about it last week. We hammered it home that it's the president's responsibility to protect our border. We have criminals. They're all criminals trying to cross our border illegally. And we have to stop it. We absolutely have to stop it. President Trump heard our voice. President Trump is sending 5,200 active duty troops to the southern border to advise and assist border patrol agents in stopping the flow of illegal immigration. And I think President Trump needs to leave these troops down there. That's my opinion. He needs to leave these troops down there on the border until he gets his wall fully funded. Now, I understand that different brigades have to rotate out and they need to go home every six months or so. I understand that. You can rotate them out. We have plenty of military to choose from. But we need some form of active duty military or National Guard on the southern border at all times until we get the border wall fully funded and fully built. And so I think we need to make this the norm. And that is to have the National Guard or military advise and assist border patrol agents until we get the border wall funding but on the same subject but kind of shifting it a little bit this is uh, on tucker carlson's show on fox news i really enjoy tucker carlson he was on uh he had a guest on which was basically for open borders i can't think of the fellow's name but but tucker carlson went on this uh on this rant if you will but it was a good rant about why we don't just let people break the law with no consequences. This is clip one, Tucker Carlson, Fox News. Let's listen. Most are decent people. I mean, look, I'm not attacking them. I never okay. attack them. I think they mostly come here because it's a great country. I get it. But isn't the lesson of 9-11 that you want to know who's in your country? Yes. We have a Real ID Act in response to 9-11 that says that federal documents cannot be forged. You can't use fake ones. If I try that in an airport, I go to jail. We've got 22 million people doing it every single day. And that's not a security concern because what? Because they vote Democratic? Sincerely. No, that is a concern. And that's why we need an immigration law that deals with these people orderly. Some of them need to be some of them need to be sent back to their country. Some of them need to be processed so they become legal. That's what that's what Congress is supposed to sort out. And it has not sorted out. If I go down to my bank and try to open an account using fake federal documents, 
Well, the response from the cops being like, you know, we need a comprehensive approach to this. It's cool that you did it. I get it. You've got a family. You're just trying to open a fake bank account because, you know, you're probably a good person. We need a, a broad comprehensive. No, they say no. Felony. Jail. Exactly. And so why people- are we allowing 22 million people to do that? And I can't do it. In other That's words, right. why are we giving the benefit of the doubt to 22 right. million foreign nationals, but not to American citizens? And the reason, of course, is because the Democratic Party is hoping that they'll be Democratic voters. That's exactly right. And thank you, Brent, my producer. The name, so that was Tucker Carlson having the guest on that he had was David DeFury. David DeFury, and I believe he's a Democratic strategist, and uh, he's he's uh, big on the immigration issue and weighing in on that. So so David DeFury there tries to interject and go, well, 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 you know, we just need to fix the problem. You know, the people crossing the border aren't the problem. We just got to fix the problem. Well, Tucker Carlson there makes the point that I've been making for months now. I'm glad other people are picking up on it. And that is that if you rob a bank... The cops don't come in and go, well, you know, we just need to, we just got to sort this out. We're just going to have to really, you know, we're going to have to fix the loopholes here with our laws so that maybe you can rob banks better. No, you get arrested. You break the law. If it's worthy, you get arrested. And so the same should be with people who cross our border illegally. We got to crack down on this stuff. Thank you, Tucker Carlson, for joining the train, the law law and order train uh, on the southern border. But moving on here, President Trump this week here said that he said something actually very provocative. He said, I'm going to sign an executive order that will end birthright citizenship via executive order. As I mentioned, President Trump said he will sign an executive order ending birthright citizenship. Well, what is that? Well, some call it anchor babies, but basically it's when people, when immigrants, whether it be legal or illegal, mostly illegal, they come to America to have their child so that their child can immediately become an uh, an American citizen as soon as they're born. And many illegal immigrants, females, obviously, come to America to have their babies so that their babies can be American citizens. And so they're in the country illegally, then they get automatic citizenship. Uh, Their babies get automatic citizenship. Well, this has been a flaw in in our legal system for decades now. Because judges have misinterpreted, misapplied the 14th Amendment to our Constitution, which addresses this issue, which addresses citizenship. And they've applied it to people who are in our country illegally. The 14th Amendment was intended to assure that slaves and their children after the Civil War would be American citizens because they lived in this country. And so, but leave it to the judges to misinterpret the 14th Amendment and and allow people to come here and have babies illegally and then become citizens, President Trump says, I want to change that. You know, here's the thing. I'm not sure, I'm still undecided as to whether President Trump has the legal authority to unilaterally clarify the 14th Amendment of the Constitution. My instinct leans in the direction that he does not unilaterally have the power 
to clarify a constitutional amendment. Because if President Trump can clarify it, then President Cory Booker in 2025 can unclarify it, if you will. So we got to be careful here about promoting and encouraging executive order this, executive order that, executive order this, because it's not lasting. We need Congress to step up to the plate. And I'm talking to Republicans, too, mainly Republicans. On the same point, this is clip two, open borders, Paul Ryan, he's going to get me worked up. This is clip two. This is what, oh, Paul Ryan had to say about President Trump wanting to fix our broken immigration system. You cannot end birthright citizenship with an executive order. We didn't like it when Obama tried changing immigration laws via executive action. And obviously, as conservatives, um, you know, we believe in, in, in the Constitution. All right, there you have it. That's Paul Ryan. He's asked by an interviewer, what do you think about President Trump weighing this executive order action to end birthright citizenship? And as I mentioned, Paul Ryan, from a law standpoint, may actually be correct. But here's the problem that I have with Paul Ryan and other open borders advocates saying and criticizing President Trump for trying to fix the problem. As I mentioned, Paul Ryan and I might actually agree that the president doesn't have this authority. I'm not there yet. But Paul Ryan is doing nothing to fix the problem. As a matter of fact, I would argue Paul Ryan and other Republicans who have failed to secure our border... They're the problem. They are a part of the problem. And so that's my frustration here. Many of these establishment Republicans, they're nowhere when we're talking about how to fix the problems and let's get to it and let's fix it. They're nowhere to be found, but when President Trump tries to do something to fix the problems, they go, oh, no, no, I don't think he can do that. Well, why don't you do something, Paul Ryan? Why don't you become president? Oh, that's right. You tried to be vice president. And that didn't work out so well. And so Paul Ryan there taking a quick jab at President Trump. Look, I don't know. I mean, we'll just have to see whether President Trump first issues this executive order. or And, and then we'll have to see where it goes from there. But President Trump is, is genuinely trying to fix the problem with our immigration system. Paul Ryan, all he has to say is, oh, no, no, Mr. President, you can't do that. Uh, moving on here, uh, I want to talk about the early voting numbers that we're seeing for this midterm election cycle. Republicans are virtually up in early voting, that is, in every battleground state with the exception of Nevada. And why is this important, you ask? Historically, Democrats lead in early voting Across the board, every state, historically, each election, Democrats lead in early voting. But this go-around, 2018, things are a little bit different. And I think that's one reason that many of the polls and the pollsters are going to be wrong here. 
Let's play clip three. This is Nate Silver, a respected pollster, on who he thinks will take over the House of Representatives come November 6th. Let's listen. We've launched our House forecast for the 2018 midterm elections. Right now, the model gives Democrats about a three in four chance of winning the majority, about 76%. Republicans have about a one in four chance of keeping control of the House. The forecast shows the House battleground as wide. At least 112 seats are rated as at least somewhat competitive by the model, meaning the model gives the favorite in those districts less than a 95% chance of winning. There's an 80% chance that the Democrats will gain anywhere from 14 to 58 seats, but 20% of the time the model expects the outcome to fall outside that range. So there you have it. I know that sounded kind of monotonous and boring. It actually was kind of boring, but the content is what I wanted to focus on. That is Nate Silver, who is a respected, mostly respected pollster. Everybody kind of says, oh, Nate Silver says, well, Nate Silver says this. Well, that was him saying Democrats have a 75% chance to take over the U.S. House of Representatives on Tuesday. The reason I bring that up is because Nate Silver also said that Hillary Clinton had a 80 to 90% chance of winning the 2016 election. And so did virtually every other mainstream pollster, with the exception of a few. There were some who got 2016 right when it comes to polling, but many of them got it wrong. And to prove that they got it wrong, I just want to take us back in time two years. This is clip four. Flashback, Nate Silver, 2016, right before the November election. So right now we have Hillary's about a 75 or an 80% favorite. We have different versions of the forecast you can look at. So here's how to think about it. Um, We're kind of at halftime of the election right now. And she's taking a seven point, maybe a 10 point lead into halftime. There's a lot of football left to be played, but she's ahead in almost every poll, every swing state, every national poll. Um, both camps have a lot of room to grow. I mean, she's at only 43%, Trump's at 37% or so. But historically, the last candidate to blow a lead this large was in 88, Michael when Dukakis. Dukakis had a big lead coming out of the spring and the summer and wound up um, losing. Well, there you have it. That's Nate Silver, the same person that was that was voicing the first video I just played a minute ago about how the the Democrats are basically poised to take over the House. Well, that's him. That's Nate Silver back in 2016 on with Stephanopoulos. And he says Hillary Clinton has about an 80% chance. According to our numbers, Clinton has a 80% chance of winning this 2016 presidential election. Boy, was he wrong. (laughs) Boy, was he wrong. And here's my point. We all can get it wrong. I might be wrong. I actually don't think that... I think the Republicans are going to maintain both the House and the Senate on Tuesday. That's my opinion based on a few things here or there that I'm reading. But I'm not a pollster. It's not gospel. This is my hunch, if you will. Basically, my whole show is my opinion on what I think about today's news. And I also happen to bring fact with me. But when it comes to who's going to win what election, these pollsters, they base their reputation on getting their polling numbers right. And my point is, 
How many times can these, quote, well-respected pollsters get it flat wrong by a long shot and then the next election cycle be introduced as one of the most well-respected pollsters in America? At some point, we have to say, maybe their formula's off. Maybe their polling formula is way off. And so I think we'll see come Tuesday. Come Tuesday, here's, here's my conclusion on this topic. On Tuesday, November 6th, if Republicans just simply maintain the House of Representatives and the Senate, these pollsters like Nate Silver, they're going to first have to say, we got it wrong and we got it wrong big time. And secondly, they're going to have to do something different. And thirdly, we're going to have to stop relying on the pollsters who get it wrong every time. We're going to have to stop relying on the pollsters who get it wrong every time. And honestly, at the end of the day, I think there's two problems here. I think, number one, the formula that they're using is off. I'm not, I can't pinpoint what's wrong with their formulas, but it's wrong. I think they're actually underestimating Republican voter turnout. And so they're polling more, more Democrats than Republicans because they're simply basing their numbers on party registrations and not actual voter turnout. A lot of complicated uh, details involved there. We won't get into it. It's kind of boring. But basically, I think the pollsters got their formulas wrong. I think other pollsters are politically motivated. And you can make a poll say whatever you want it to. And I think some of these are. But moving on here, before we close the show, a couple notes I want to I wanna make is uh, this Janet Yellen, who is the... She, Janet Yellen is the Fed chair, the, Fed, the, the chair of the Federal Reserve. She has been for several years now. And she was on CNBC with Steve Leisman. And here's what he asked her. He basically said, what do you think about America's debt? What do you think about America's borrowing and deficit? Here's what here's what Janet Yellen, our Federal Reserve Chair, said. Quote, if I had a magic wand, I would raise taxes and cut retirement spending. She went on to say that the U.S. debt is, quote, unsustainable. I would agree with Janet Yellen that our U.S. debt is unsustainable. I would disagree with Janet Yellen that we need to raise taxes and cut retirement spending. I'm, I'm for welfare reform. But here's the deal. Taxpayers aren't the problem. Government spending in Washington, D.C. is the problem. So we don't need to raise taxes. We need to cut taxes and tell the politicians in Washington to quit blowing our money. How about that, Janet Yellen? Let's quit putting all the, the chaos in Washington on the taxpayers. How about you get your budget under control? Because that's what we all have to do in our households 
get our budgets under control. Exposing Washington AFR. We'll be back next week. The views and opinions expressed in this broadcast may not necessarily reflect those of the American Family Association or American Family Radio.